I've entitled this study, um, Sing and Shout. Um, yeah, some people like singing, some people like shouting, right? <laughs> so let's, let's dive right in uh, and read Psalm 98. You guys all there? All right, let's, uh, let's read. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. So this is a a great psalm full of things we should be doing. um, Things that the Lord has done for us. Things we should uh, know about the Lord, and just, just jam-packed with a lot of stuff there. Short, but filled with promises. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I am blown away by how much the Lord has done, has done for me. And you, amen? amen. Blown away. Uh, many things uh, that we don't give Him credit for. Many things we, we attribute to, to others, you know, kind of subconsciously. Uh, you know, I try so hard in my life, in, the, in my family's life, to constantly give God the praise, the, the credit uh, for everything we have, everything that happens, good or bad, right? Everything that happens, uh, everything that we see. But in most of my thinking, you know, and when my mind tends to wander, I just, I just think, you know, I don't give him enough credit uh, or, or praise. You guys with me? Yeah. Enough praise. Just thinking back over my life, I can think of so many, you know, instances where I, I wasn't following the Lord, you know, but God in his mercy, in his mercy, uh, gave me so many chances. You know, I'm sure you can do the same. You know, think back, maybe even now following the Lord, um, you know, how he intervened and how he continues to intervene uh, and does things just to, to bring us back sometimes, right? Pull us in when we're, when we're starting to wander. I, I just think God deserves so much for myself, and I'm sure you can probably say the same thing. Amen? Yes? Amen. Yes, same thing. God is entitled to everything in our lives. Uh, our God, again, has, has done so much for us. So much. You know, that, that's what has lately been filling my mind, you know, when I think about things, when I think about my life. Um, the Lord, the Holy Spirit has been just just jamming me up. Anybody play football here? You know, with the, the defensive backs kind of just jam them up, right? In love, though, in love, just say, hey, son, wait, wait, look, look what I'm doing for you. Look what I've done. You know, um, I, just, I, just, I just need to give him more. And I'm just praying and asking what to do and when to do it. Uh, but that's clear, right? He wants more of us. He wants more of us. Uh, I just think that, like I said, you know, the Lord's been speaking to me more and more on this subject. Even in studying this psalm, you know, it reminded me, and it will remind you of how awesome the Lord is, how worthy is, worthy He is, and how great He is. So we're gonna we're gonna chop it down, uh, take a couple verses at a time. I have a couple of points for you, for you note takers. I know there's a lot of note takers here. 
Uh, verse 1, sing for what he has done. Sing for what he has done. Verse 2, sing for it is known. Verse 3, sing for we have seen. Verses 4 through 8, shout everything, shout. And verse 9, sing and shout for he is coming. So verse 1, sing for what he has done. Let's read it over again. It says, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. A new song. Is that singing? Singing. I usually plant myself right there next to that speaker so I sound like angel, one of the angels here. <laughs> right? Just, it's a real nice fix for me. Uh, but that, that new song should be in our mouths, right? In our mouths, not, not just verbally, right? But also in our daily walks. We should uh, always be singing a new song. Uh, why not an old one, though? Why not an old one? You guys ever hear an old song that brings back memories? Um, uh, maybe you might still like the song, right? Maybe. Uh, but it brings back memories of good, sometimes maybe some of the not-so-good memories. Um, there are some old songs that do that for me. Uh, I know me and my wife, when we were dating, we had some songs right, that bring back some, some memories there. Um, songs are all right. You know, they're okay. Uh, but not, not quite as I remembered them. Uh, it's it's kind of a little bit weird listening to them. But when I hear a song like that, they bring back memories of things that happened in the past. Um, you know, with uh, with my family, uh, Mexican family, it's always uh, Vicente Fernandez. You know, <laughs> you hear that, you know, smiles, right? But not so good when you really think about, you know, all this stuff. Um, but all in the past, right, things that have happened. Um, they were they were the same, which is why I think the song the psalm says a new song. It should be something not experienced before. Uh, this song we sang to the Lord, uh, the song that we sing to the Lord should be fresh, should be a, original, should be something never felt before. Does the Lord keep surprising you? Does He? Yes, right. He does. Uh, every day He shows Himself more and more powerful to to us. Marvelous things. In our minds and hearts, Lord has done for us. Can you stop and remember, you know, the steps the Lord has taken, you know, in those events in your life, you know, to bring you to where you are today? He has and will continue to perform, again, everyone say marvelous. Marvelous things toward you to get your devotion, to get your whole heart. You know, I picture God just placing people, placing events in our life, just to show you, you know, who he is and what he can do. Uh, do you think God is a God that doesn't want to be seen? You know, he wants to be seen, right? He wants to be heard. Uh, he can be seen every single moment if you want to see him. If you, like, peel away at things, right? If you, if you seek him and say, Lord, what are you trying to do here? He will be seen. God loves us so much, just like parents with, with children, all parents... Right, parents? All parents want to be heard by their kids, right? Want to be listened to, amen? Amen. But with the Lord, it's a million times more. A million times more. He wants us to show us his, his love. Show us those divine details in our life. He wants to do that. Some synonyms for the word marvelous uh, that fit there well. Wonderful, amazing, stunning, spectacular. Um, you know, splendid, breathtaking even. Everything that has happened in your life uh, for God's glory has been marvelous, 
has been marvelous. It has been for God's glory and, and, God, and by God himself, for his victory. His victory. The simple definition for victory is win, right? Anybody like winning basketball games, right? Um, as, you, as you know in the Bible, it's somewhat different. The word victory means to be liberated, to be saved, to be delivered. Uh, it also means to, um, yeah, to be saved. It's not just a simple victory that the Lord has won for us. It's not just a simple game where you mark, you know, one, one in the wind column for yourself and, and for the Lord. There is so much more meaning uh, to these victories that the Lord has done for us. There is so much at stake, right? There is so much at stake every day, and the Lord knows. But sometimes I think we forget what's at stake. Husbands, do you know what's at stake for your family? Yes? Yes, right. Ladies, wives, you guys know what it, what's at stake for your homes. There is so much at stake for, for your homes each and every day. The decisions that you make, the things you let in your homes are big decisions. And, and there's just, you know, I think we need to really, really, you know, bathe everything in prayer, uh, be fasting, be seeking the Lord for, for our homes, for, for the ministry, everything. So much at stake. You know, those victories we have won, you know, those adversaries have been defeated by the Lord, right? By the work of the cross, you know, his holy, his right hand and his holy arm. That, that phrase, right hand, it speaks, it speaks of strength, uh, power, and, and position of authority. Um, there's significance in, in the right hand of the Bible, mostly because this is where Jesus is seated, right? At the right hand of God. Um, you can write this down, Ephesians 1, 19 through 20, or read along. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. As we know, you know, for us, the Lord does these things. No one else can, right? No one else can do what the Lord has done for you. Uh, so we know that he has the power and authority over our lives also. He should have that authority in our lives. Amen. He should have that authority. Um, only by his right hand and doing the work we are able to, to stand before anyone by his right hand. A couple of references, Psalm 20, verse 6. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his uh, holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness and joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 60, verse 5. That your beloved may be delivered, so with your right, save with your right hand and hear me. Psalm 63, verse 8. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. In Bible times, the right hand was a place of honor, and the left was a place of dishonor. Uh, remember when Jesus was talking about judging the nations, and who was at his right hand? Anybody remember? The, what type of animal? The sheep, right? And at his left hand were the goats. So uh, the left hand was not a place where you want to be, you know, right? Um, but that phrase, his holy arm, is used only one other time in the Bible. It's in Isaiah 52, verse 10. It says, the Lord made his, bear his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. That word bear in that verse means to strip off, to lay bare, and kind of like the Lord exposing himself to the people, uh, which is kind of leads us to the next, for, next uh, verse and, and topic or point. Uh, verse 2, it says, uh, that point is seen for it is known. Verse 2, you guys with me? 
Verse 2, let's read. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. How has the Lord made his salvation known to you? You know, there are probably many answers to that question. You know, the Lord probably touched each of us in many different ways. Uh, we are all different. The Lord has reached out to us in in crazy ways, right? I heard some testimonies, and, and I'm like, wow, the Lord did that, and the Lord did this, and just simply, you know, touching each one of us um, the way we should have been, right? And he brought us to, to him. I think we can all agree that, that sal- the salvation that God gives is by who? By Jesus Christ alone, right? By the work of the cross, God has exposed our sin and that sinful nature uh, we all have is in need of a Savior. We're all in need of a Savior. That's what really got a hold of me when, when, you know, when I was you know, wrestling with the Lord, so to speak, that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And, and there's no way around that. You cannot get past that when someone tells you, you know, you know inside, right, that you mess up. You mess up every day. You say the wrong things. You you think the wrong thoughts. And be with me. Yes. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. No one can deny that. Um, another version says um, that he has a, he has announced his salvation. It is only through the righteousness of Jesus Christ that this salvation is guaranteed for us. His righteousness has been revealed to us. His example of submission, uh, his example of love and humility. Uh, and even mercy has been revealed to us through, through God's word. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone and is only through his righteousness that we can spend eternity with the Father in heaven. Uh, I just pray in my life that this is something that I, that I never forget because we can easily forget, right? You guys remember the Israelites when they were wandering around the wilderness? They so easily forgot. We're no different than them. I pray for me that this is not doled out in any way or made, um, ever made less significant in my life. Uh, this, this is a vital part in our lives. You know, it should be in our central thoughts and, and views constantly. Not just that we're bad people, right? But that he's so good to us. That's what we should be focusing on. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, uh, uh, we need to be living for the right reasons. And that's for the Lord and, and him alone. Um, he has made known to us his salvation. Yes? Yes, he has. Proverbs 1, verse 23. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. Ezekiel thirty-eight twenty-three. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then I shall know that I am the Lord. He has, he has shown it, showed his salvation and his righteousness to us, his sons and daughters, and the King James Version also says that the Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the, of the heathen, it says. Heathen's a strong word, right? Don't ever use that word when you're witnessing heathen. Uh, but it's more or less speaking of the unbeliever, right? The unbeliever. Many times in the Old Testament we read that the nations were, that surrounded Israel uh, heard and even saw that the Lord, what the Lord was doing for them. You know, all the amazing things. Just looking back at the Israelites when they were slaves in Egypt, all the things that the Lord uh, did before the, their eyes and the eyes of the, uh, the people right there, rescuing his people from bondage, uh, from that place that, that represented sin, you know, those, those fleshly desires. You know, all they wanted to do was eat meat there, right? And just all those fleshly things, rescuing his people from there. Today as well, 
Lord has rescued us from, from that bondage, from that sin, um, from, um, from the world. You know, th- today, um, and the world, the world sees the work, I believe, that he's done in your life. I believe that. You know, I, I think of some of the guys that, that come to the, to the men's study, and I'm like, man, I, I don't picture you talking like that. I don't, I don't picture you treating people that way. But they did, right? The Lord changed those people, removed the, that, that sin that, that, that so easily ensnared them, right, that the world does, that, that weakness that they had. God turned it around, and now he's using it for his glory, correct? Any, everybody, in your, everybody here, the Lord has done a work in your life. He has changed you, not for yourself, for Him, for Him to for Him to be used for to use you, uh, for His for His people for uh, for His work. I think that's so awesome. You guys agree? Smiles? Yes. All right. Smiles. <laughs> Today, uh, clearly, it's clear as day. You know, His righteousness He has revealed. You know, openly made known to us. It's not a secret. We don't have to search far and wide to find out about Jesus Christ. Um, the world is kind of suppressing it, right? But the, the Lord still gets his word out to his people, which leads us to the next um, next verse, verse 3. That point is, sing, sing, for we have seen. Let's read verse 3. It says, he has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. What have you seen that's worth talking about? Uh, I hear some of the weirdest things uh, that people talk about. Um, but what's important to us today? In a, in a relationship with another person, we seek to please or to be aware of the other person's needs. Uh, in, in marriage, husbands and wives. Any husbands and wives here? Should be a lot, right? There's a lot of people here. All right. uh, husbands and wives, we're to be aware and be sensitive of our, our, the wants and needs of our spouse. And, you know, if you are married and are serving the Lord, this is to be the, the closest human relationship in your life. Uh, for me, I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. My wife is, uh, you all know, she's very special to me. And I, and I try my best to be there for her and to, to help her. And, and, and I receive a, a, probably 100 times more from her, right? Uh, but through our, our 12 years of marriage, you know, we have been through a lot. And I can remember many things she has done for me and helped me me to live this life. Uh, again, I, I love her so much because of what she has done. Again, I'm going to say it for me. Uh, in contrast, do I remember and give, give the same devotion to God for what he has done for me? You know, what he has gotten me through. Uh, this relationship that God, uh, with God is, is to be my first and primary relationship. No, no rival relationships. No one should get in the way of me and the Lord. Not even my wife. Don't tell her. Not even my wife. No one should get in the way of that. No rivals. No competing relationships. There shouldn't be any challenges in, in my relationship with the Lord. Verse 3 in the NLT says, He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The whole earth has seen the salvation of our God. You know, when, when me and my wife, you know, took our vows the day we got married, we didn't use the, the traditional ones 
those are fine too. Uh, but we took the verses out of the book of Ruth, and, and here's what they say. It says in, in book of Ruth 1, verses 16 through 17, it says, uh, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. I remember those vows, uh, those promises that me and my wife made to, made, she made to me and I made to her. Uh, I remember them clearly. I was nervous that day. Uh, and, and know that by the grace of God, we will keep those promises by his grace. Uh, do I remember clearly the same promises that God has made to me in his word? His son, and, and you guys too, sons and daughters. Sometimes I forget about those promises. It's so easy just to live this life with people and go see things, go do things, go to movies, you know, go hang out with the family. And I forget about the Lord and the promises that he has towards me um, because I don't see him physically. Uh, but he's there. Oftentimes we pray and focus on a specific person or even a, an event to come our way. Uh, to solve a problem, you know, to set us free, so to speak. But more often than not, we forget about the Lord, what he can do for us, uh, and how faithful he has been. He's been faithful, correct? He has been faithful and will continue to be faithful in your life. Um, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And there is a, there is a story about this man, the Gospel of Luke. You're probably familiar with that. Let's, uh, let's get some exercise and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, chapter 2. Okay, let's read Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Read verses 25 through 32. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that, that he would not see death before he had seen the, the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when, he had, uh, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord... Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. That's a, that's a great part of the, the gospel of Luke there, where, where Joseph and Mary uh, taking Jesus to the temple to dedicate him, right? Um, before the Lord, and where it was revealed to Simeon. Um, he says that my eyes have seen your salvation. Uh, are, are we like Simeon? Um, have we seen the salvation of our God? Have we seen his mercy, his love, his faithfulness to us? If we haven't, we're probably not looking. Um, if we don't see his salvation every day because it's there. Simeon here in the Gospel of Luke was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is the coming of the Messiah. Uh, and who alone back then was for the nation of Israel um, that was now uh, oppressed by the, by the Romans. 
but they were looking for consolation, for comfort from that. And one day Simeon was, was told by the Spirit, today is a day, today you will see uh, what you have been waiting for. Um, and he was led by the temple that day. I wonder what he was expecting. You know, uh, an army, uh, chariots, um, led, led by the Messiah. Did you guys expect that? More than likely, right? Um, to deliver Israel um, from the hands of the Romans back then. But there, but there was no army. There was uh, no chariots, just a child, the child Jesus together with a young couple. Simeon had a choice. The, the Spirit told him that he was going to, to see the Christ, the Messiah. He had a choice to believe it, to accept it, uh, or, or to reject it. Uh, oftentimes we pray for, for and, and focus on, a, again, a, a specific person or, or, or thing to happen that will help us. But more often than not, what, what God sends to us isn't what we expect. We, we look for, who wants an army and angels behind them? I want them every day, right? Um, from heaven to, to come down and to help. You know, we expect the right hand of God to come down and choke out our enemies, right? Just get them in the right spot. Um, we think it's going to be a, a powerful event, but most of the time it isn't. It's sometimes just Jesus. I don't want to say justice. That doesn't work right, right? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We think, we think you know, what's, what's the use in praying? I've been praying for months, for years even. It's not working. Or we say, we, you know, I don't understand, Lord. Why, why are you doing this to me? But like Simeon, we need to receive it, receive what the Lord brings to us, and bless the Lord and trust that somehow what you've brought to me this day is what's best for me. Is, is maybe going to teach me something. Even the, even the challenges, right? Even the, the hard times we go through. The Lord wants to show you something. And we need to be like this. We're you know, ears wide open saying, Lord, what are you trying to do? I know, I know it's all part of your plan, all part of your purpose, and I want to be a part of that. You guys want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of that. Sometimes it's, we're like, well, what's going on, right? Uh, but the Lord wants to, uh, he knows what's best for us. Isaiah 45, verse 22, it says, Look to me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Micah 7, verse 7, it says, Therefore I will look to the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. All right, let's, let's do verse. Let's go to the back of the book of uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm ninety-eight, back there, and let's read verses four through eight. And this is uh, shout, everything shout. You guys like shouting? First service shouted real loud. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't shout. Um, you guys are getting ready, right? <laughs> uh, let's read verses four through eight. It says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, break forth in song, rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of the psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn, shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. You know, shouting usually isn't great, right? 
There's a lot of shouting in my house, little, little, little shouts. Um, when I think of people shouting, you know, I think of usually like someone, someone's upset, you know, someone's angry, you know, frustrated in some way, um, you know, things like that. With the Lord, I think it's, uh, it's totally different. It's like everything else, right? When you give your life to the Lord, it's totally different. Um, it says to shout joyfully. Shout for the Lord should be, it should be pleasurable and, you know, enjoyable uh, for us as his sons and daughters. You know, every, everyone has been uh, to a graduation, right? Everyone been to a graduation, you know, those are nuts. Um, the ones I've been to have been loud, you know, I mean, super loud. They get louder and louder. <laughs> but parents and relatives, you know, they're, they get crazy when their child's name is called. Uh, you know, they burst out in cheering and all this other stuff. I remember my, my father would bring those horns, those loud horns that just make you deaf for a week after the fact. But people yelling and, and shouting for each other. Uh, the graduation ceremony is to acknowledge the person's accomplishments, uh, and, you know, or, or achievements in that grade, you know, that they are, they are leaving and, or the degree that they're receiving. You know, it's a time full of joy. You know, time to rejoice, right? It's a great time. Um, in these verses, it also mean, mentions, you know, using instruments, you know, shout to the Lord with the harp. The harp and the trumpets were used often in the Old Testament to praise God or to show Him or give thanks for what He has done for us. In Numbers chapter 10, it, it goes over the use of a trumpet and how the Lord gave instruction to Moses in their, in their use. I'm going to read it real quick. Numbers uh, 10, verses 9 through 10. It says, When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God. Read that again. And you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feasts, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And they shall be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. You know, this is cool how the Lord says, you know, in the day of adversity, uh, an oppression, when we sound the alarm with a trumpet, like I read, we will be remembered and, and we will be saved. Uh, we should all carry little trumpets with us. You guys agree? We're going to make some. Just put it in our keychain and we have little things that... To remember, you know, how the Lord can, can rally behind us, right, in, the, in those times of, uh, of um, you know, those challenges. Um, kind of like a visual thing, right? A visual assurance that the Lord's with us. Uh, but that by itself should, should bring us joy, and we should be rejoicing that the Lord is for us. Do you guys rejoice in that? Amen. Rejoice that the Lord is with you. You know, it says it twice there in those verses, verses 4 through 8. Uh, the men on Wednesday nights were going through the book of Joshua. And Joshua chapter 6 is the Battle of Jericho. You guys familiar with that? Battle of Jericho. And the story, uh, it's a story of incredible odds. Uh, you know, but the power of God was so clearly seen there. Uh, so let's do some more turning and we'll turn to Joshua chapter 1. You guys can turn there with me.
All right, let's read verses 1 through 5. Get a few more seconds. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. All throughout their journey, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, the, the passing of the Jordan River, and now they are standing before the walls of Jericho. Uh, the Lord gives them a strange plan. You guys remember that plan? Was it to fight? Not so much yet, right? It's more or less to walk, to walk around. The Lord gives them a strange plan, and again, the Lord gives them, gives them uh, simple instructions that were, they were not expecting. Right? Does that guess sound is that familiar to you? Strange plan, but weird instructions. Right? Not a part of what you might think will fix the problem, but the Lord knows what's gonna what's gonna happen. Right? He knows what you need. Um, you know that they're because these guys were these guys were uh, mighty men of valor. Right? They're ready to go in and take care of business, which some men usually are like that. But the Lord wanted to, them to relax. Right? To to Kick back and let me let me show you my power. Let me show you what I can do. Relax, son. Uh, that, that's hard, right? To so just wait. Um, but the Lord um, is with us. It was with them, and He's all we need in this life. Uh, on the seventh on the seventh day, the Lord told them to, to to what did He tell them to do? To shout. All right, someone got it. To shout. Shout for the Lord, right? And then the, the walls that he had given in the city, and the walls fell flat before them. Or there's one verse, I think it's in verse or chapter 2 or 3 in Joshua. The Lord tells Joshua, he's like, see, I have given you that city. Like, he's like, there's an exclamation point right there. He says, see, look what I have done. Look what I have ready before you. Just like that, that pertains to us too, right? He's like, the, the work of the cross, you know, I'm here with you. Look. See what I have done. And look, what I, what I continue to do for you in your life. Back in the book of uh, uh, Psalm 98, verses 7 and 8. Let's read those real quick. It says, Let the sea roar in all its fullness, the world and, and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. All of the, all of the singing and shouting, rejoicing, you know, the trumpets, the harps, uh, the sea roaring, the river's clapping. Uh, they're going to hear some clapping when they go camping, right? The river's clapping there. The hills to be joyful. God's creation. The Lord is so awesome, right? Everything he continues to give us, all the things he has made for us. It says that the seas will roar again. The rivers will clap. All those things will be joyful together. Isaiah 61, uh, verses 10 through 11. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. 
He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will also cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. That verse there in those verses there, 7, 8, and, and Psalm 98, just kind of give me a picture of everything that the Lord has made is for him. And one day, everything that was made is going to rejoice. One day, you know, joyfully together. Is that a word, joyfully? Joyful, together, full of joy and praise. You know, there's only one time this will happen. And when will that time be? When he comes back, right? When he comes back for his people there. Which leads us to the last verse, verse 9. Verse 9, sing and shout, for he is coming. It says, for he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. You know, that graduation stuff I had mentioned earlier, it's kind of like the the same, right? The graduation, there is something something new coming uh, you know, in finishing your class or, or your degree, uh, you're looking forward to that job or, or that higher grade you're moving into uh, to learn things you haven't learned yet and to be challenged. It's the same for us spiritually. In this life, we are to try our best to praise and follow the Lord with our whole hearts, everything that we have, follow Him. Um, knowing that there there is an end, right? There is an end. There is so much to look forward to in the Lord's return. He is coming to judge the earth, to judge the earth with righteousness and people with equity, where he will make every wrong right and rule in righteousness. There are so many things to look forward to in life. You know, I'm not sure where you're at in your life, but we are all probably at different points. But as I think as believers... We should all be waiting with eagerness for this event, with, with excitement at the return of the, of the Lord. Get excited. Excited for Him to come back. You know, the, does anything, I don't think anything compares to that. You know, the, the presence, to be in His presence should be looked forward to uh, in so many ways. The judgment of God is something people uh, have a hard time with sometimes. Uh, I, I used to also, but it was because I had the, the wrong view of God's judgment. It, it was twisted to me. You know, I also compared it to the, to the judgment that we receive in, in this world today. Uh, not, not a comparison there, um, but the, the court system today is flawed, as we all know. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. The, the judges have a difficult job, right? But what are, what are they? They are just men. They are just men. Uh, they, they make wrong judgments. Uh, they do make mistakes. They don't see the, the hidden things um, because they are, again, just men. But the judge of all judges and the Lord, you cannot hide anything from him. All, all, one day all will be exposed. All will be open to the eyes of him who will judge righteously, correctly, without fault. Right? No mistakes there. No mistakes at all. You know, that, that, that scares me a little bit. That scares you a little bit. But, and should a little, I think. 
uh, for me to, to stay in line, right? To stay close to him, to stay in his word, to be in, in Bible studies, to be in fellowship, because I know I could take a sharp right turn tomorrow or a left turn, doesn't matter. Um, but I know that. Um, but I have security, amen? Security in Jesus Christ. Security in the blood that was spilt on the cross, which makes me white as snow. Amen? amen. Do you guys have that same security? No worries. You, you are covered by his blood. No matter what you do, you, you ask for forgiveness if you make a mistake. You receive God's grace. You embrace it. And you walk, continue to walk forward. You know, not giving up. Not giving up. Romans 2 Verses 6 through 8. Um, so I will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. This will be a glorious day for, for the earth. I pray that if you haven't already given your life to the Lord, that you will today give your life to him. Don't leave if you haven't. Um, that, that's why, you know, that's what we want as a ministry, you know, uh, as a church to make sure you know that salvation is here for you today. You know, um, I know for sure you guys didn't get like an eloquent Bible study today by any means, but the simple gift of Jesus Christ has been displayed to you today. Nothing special, a free gift. Anybody like Christmas? It's like Christmas, receiving gifts. Just got to receive it. Know that you need it and want it because the Lord's coming back, right? The Lord's coming back and you're going to stand before him. Will Jesus, the blood of Jesus, be covering you that day? You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing to think about, uh, but I want you guys to know that and, and Jesus alone will give you the victory. Amen. Amen. So in closing, uh, verse 1, you know, sing for what he has done. Uh, verse 2, sing for what is known. Verse 3, sing for what we have seen. Verses 4 through 8, uh, shout, everything shout. And verse 9, sing and shout for he is coming. Amen.